Good evening, Mary Rabbi Isai, and we continue here by Hashlishi. We're in Perak Hay, Shara and we are up to the third item of how a person is now able to, with contemplation of this thought, bring oneself. Elisa says it's easier to bring oneself to acquiring humility. When he thinks about how this world is transient and he switches places from being in this world to going on to the next world, which is eternal. So when a person contemplates the the transient nature of this world, and how quick death comes upon a person. Truth is, it's from one minute to the next, even if it's prolonged, if Nebuchadnezzar a person has an, a terminal illness, but the the moment of death is only a moment. Between life and death is only a moment. So when a person thinks about a boy of Amavas Meira and death comes quickly. And at that moment, at that point in time, at that point in time, he ceases to have any dreams, any aspirations, any hopes for changing things, for doing things differently. It's too late at that point. And that goes in spiritual sense, materialistic sense. That's it. It stops at that point. And all of his worldly possessions that he has acquired, that he has amassed, he has to leave it. After death, you can't take it with you. And he will have to just give up hope on taking anything with him, let's say, the, as provisions on the long journey ahead, or that they should help him in his journey to the next world. So just that idea that usually a person thinks, well, you know, look how well I've done in business, and look how many possessions I have, and look what a fortune I've built myself, and how many cars I have, or how big my home is. That's an exaggerating maybe, but people think, you know, if they're in a higher uh, status, in the higher bracket, a higher status of society, so they feel uh, proud about that. They, f- they feel about their accomplishments, that they deserve honor, They've done well for themselves. And Chavazavav is saying, like David Amela says in Tilam, Don't be so impressed that a person became wealthy. Because in his death he won't take any of it. So a person thinking about that, you know, all of my worldly possessions, and I think, well, you know, I get into my brand new $125,000 Tesla. I'm giving an example. I'm not talking from experience. And uh, he starts zipping down the road and feeling proud of himself. He's, he's not taking that to the next world. And person thinks about that. And he says, it all comes to an end. So he, he's, he's being arrogant. He says, hey, I want people to respect me for all that. It, it, it's so transient. It's so ephemeral. It's so temporary. Ukvar Cholaf. Or if a person would ever think without being frightened, what would he look like lying in a coffin? Every person never think about that? What does it feel like lying in a coffin? Or in the grave? At that moment, 
that radiance that usually shines forth from him is not going to be shining light anymore. His complexion will be dark. At that moment, he has worms crawling over his body. He starts rotting. This pus coming out of him. And that handsome, beautiful person that once was walking on this earth now lays motionless and still. No more beauty. Rather, a foul odor comes. As if he's never bathed himself, he's never been washed. And he doesn't give out a pleasant odor. Wow. When a person certainly thinks about thoughts like that. Similar. He certainly will instill in him a sense of humility. He will bow at the thought and not become haughty. He won't let his heart swell with being proud. He won't elevate himself to to uh, to promote his own self-worth, fully his gadol, or think of himself as great. Let's just finish the psukin that he brings, and then we'll explain a little bit more. Forget about it from you person. Don't think too much about yourself, that you who even have an eshama in your nostrils. What are you worth? At the end of the day, what is it all worth? It's all false, it's all vanity. When you put it on the scale and you weigh the things. So, this is Kavasavavas' pleasant thought for the evening. A person thinks about it that life is temporary. And nowadays, Hashem has certainly given us the ability to think about it very. up front, very close up of people that we hear that people dying on a daily basis with this virus that is still perplexing the doctors and the scientists who gets it, who doesn't get it how it affects them, how quick they have it, how long it lasts and a person thinks about you know, one day it's going to happen to him he's going to be in the grave it happens to everybody nobody lives in this world forever the world we live in forever is the next world. But nearly, if we mentioned, we mentioned the other night the Mishnah, Paragimel, Mishnah Aleph, in Mesech Desavis. Akavim ben Malalal said, look into, contemplate three things, three matters, and then a person won't come Lidei Avera, even into the grip of sin, Lidei Avera. Mayayin Vosa, we come from Atipas Rucha. So now we mentioned the other night, says, we all start as a, a little putrid drop, so we shouldn't get all full of ourselves. And the second item, the Mishmah is, And this really, that's what the Mashkiach explained as well, this item Vashlishi is really focusing on that line in the Mishnah. And where are you heading to? As the Mishnah says, to a place that has Worms crawling around. So that's what the end of a person is. So that also, that thought is a humbling thought. To realize 
person is only here temporarily. All his possessions won't be taken with him. They too are temporary. And with that, he will hopefully get a, a sobering and humbling experience in his mind and a feeling. And uh, we should mention here, tying, tying into this idea of Chavos Avavos, a beautiful marshal. Again, a simple, but a marshal, a, a, a parable, but really hits home. And the marshal is of a king. The king had four wives. The fourth wife, oh, he really loved her. He adored her, and he bought her clothing, spent an enormous amount of money on her, everything. Gave her the finest. The third wife, he also loved her. He used to show her off also to the other kingdoms. But he was a little wary of her. Maybe she would leave him one day for some other charming prince. Then there was the second wife. She was very kind. He felt he was. she was a confidant. He could share things with her. She was patient. She was considerate. He was able to speak things over with him, with her. And the, the king's first and final wife in this story was uh, someone who was very loyal, always did what she needed to do. She helped out the kingdom. <coughs> she protected his wealth. But he never really took such notice of her. Never really... Uh, expressed any of his love or admiration for her like he did the other wives. It came one day and the enemy kingdom came and attacked with a tremendous army and totally disaster happened to his kingdom. It just raised to the ground and he had to flee for his life. So he's hiding in his special private bunker with his small entourage and he asks his wife, I gave you so much, I loved you all these years, are you going to come with me? She says, no way, you don't have anything anymore. I'm not coming with you. I'm going to find something else that uh, I'll take care of myself. Very sad, he goes to the third wife and says, I've admired you, I've adored you all these years. Will you come with me? And the wife says, Nah, I'm going to look for somebody else to marry. You you don't have much left, you don't have much hope. And the second wife, we shared so much together. Would you come with me? She says, I'd love to help you out, but uh, at this point, I don't know how much further I can stay with you, but I'll walk you to the end of the city. I'll go out of the private tunnel, the secret escape, I'll walk into the edge of the city, and then you're on your own. Nowhere else to turn, he turns to the fourth and the final wife and says, what about you? She says, I'll go wherever you go. I'm, I'm in this to the end with you, I'm going to go with you. And that's the marshal. And what's the nimshal? Everybody say, what's the nimshal? The nimshal is that we also have Four relationships in our lives. We'll start with the fourth life. The fourth wife in our lives 
are our physical body. And we make sure it's always good. We make sure it's full. We make sure it looks good. We buy clothing. We buy good food and delicacies. We pamper it. And at the end, when we leave, it's not going with us. It's all staying here. It's all going to rot away. The third wife is our possessions, our wealth, our status in society. And when a person dies, that wife says, I'm not going with you. I'm finding someone else to take care of me. All our wealth goes to somebody else. Someone else is going to enjoy it. The second wife is our friends and our family. And they care for us. And they say, we'd like to, to stay with you, but we could only walk you to the edge of the city. We could walk you into the cemetery. We could be there as you go underground. We'll walk you as, as far as we can. But beyond that, we can't go with you. And the only one is the last one. The last one is the Nishama. And the Nishama says, I'm with you through thick and thin. The Nishama who we neglected all these years. The Nishama, you? You're the only one that's going to stay with me? You're going to go up on high with me? I should have done so much more for you. I should have kept Shabbos better. I should have appreciated mitzvahs better. That's what gives nourishment to the soul. The Nishama says, I'm with you. I'm sticking with you all the way. I never leave you. And that's the marshal. That's the marshal. All of the things that sometimes we get so caught up with and spend so much time and effort and figuring out and making sure it's perfect, they don't stay with us. They don't come with us. And the neshama that we sometimes neglect, that we sometimes don't take notice of, certainly not enough. The neshama is the only thing that stays with us. And there, if we, if we pay attention to it and we make sure even the mitzvahs that we're doing, we can enhance them. We're coming to the Yom Tov of Hanukkah. Hanukkah. We can enhance the mitzvahs we're doing already. Do every, every night of Hanukkah, we do it right, we do it better. Spend a few minutes looking at the candles, contemplating these thoughts of Chavos Havavos, thinking the neshama that we have, every mitzvah is priceless. Every mitzvah do is priceless because it remains for, with us forever. The worldly possessions can't go with us. We can't take it with us. But every mitzvah we do goes up to the Shemaim and it's waiting over there and it's creating a beautiful crown for us, creating a palace for us. And that's the Neshama's nourishment. The Neshama is going to take us around to that palace over there. So we have to give it more attention, pay more notice of it, adorn it more, love it more. That's our Neshama. It's, it's here to stay forever. Agutenacht.